Um, so hi, I'm, I'm interviewing you for a podcast named 542 Humans. Can you start with introducing yourself and telling me a little bit about who you are? Yeah, sure. So I'm Estelle. Um, so right now I work as a product manager. I've been working in the industry for five years now. But before that, I was actually, my aspiration was actually to be a psychologist. So I went a different way, I guess. Um, I'm still interested in psychology, mental health. Um, on the side, I also have a server just focusing on loneliness and how do we tackle um, our modern age troubles. So, yeah, that's a summary. Um, do you want to share your age and where are you from? Yeah, um, so I'm 29. I'm from Australia. Melbourne, Australia. Nice. Um, are you? Do you? Do you live uh, on your own, uh, alone, or how do you live? No, I actually live with my partner. Um, so my partner, he's um, working at a university, um, doing electrical engineering. Okay. Um, Okay, okay. We start with the first question is, how do you feel right now? Sorry? <laughs> okay. How, how do you feel? Yeah. Uh, hmm. A bit nervous, I have to say. I, uh, yeah. Sorry, was, was that something wrong? Hmm? No, no, it's not wrong. A little bit nervous, all right. Um, what are you worried about in, in general? in your life? What are things that is worrying you? What's worrying me? Um, that's a big question. So, so I think, I think my main worry in life is, um, I have a sister, so she's my younger sister and she's diagnosed with uh, severe autism. Um, with her, I feel like She's made me a stronger person, but I think growing up, I always felt a bit unstable with um, family, finances, and that sort of thing. Um, so looking towards the rest of my life, I'm just thinking, oh, how do I financially support her um, once my parents are gone? And, you know, what's her future, basically? So... I mean, you, I have that worry, but there's also other worries like, you know, when am I going to have kids or, um, you know, where's my future going? I guess those are, those are quite normal worries. Hmm. What are you proud of? What makes you proud, feel proud? What makes me proud? Um, are there any sensitive topics I can't talk about? <laughs> it's too sensitive for... Is it what you... I'm not sure I, I understand. Just, oh, are there any um, topics I can't talk about? For example, like, um, that might be triggering. Oh, no, you can talk about anything. Okay, that's no worries. Um, I think I think so far in my life, I'm I'm just 
proud of where I've gotten to so far. So, um, you know, when I was a teenager, I actually, I don't know, I, I had like severe depression, like life wasn't going well. Um, we were really poor all the time. But I think from that period, I I don't know, I, I think one day I, I wanted to take my life. Um, and I remember that moment so clearly, like, I was so ready to just jump in front of a car or something. And then um, I looked back and my, my sister was there. Um, she just came home and I I was about to leave the house. And I think, you know, like she she just made me feel different, I guess. Like I have a purpose. And I think once you follow that purpose... Um, you tend to do better. You ignore all the things that might be your flaws or um, your weaknesses. And I think, I don't know, from that point in time, I, I think I've come a long way. So I think I'm just proud of, you know, the journey I've taken. You seem to care a lot about uh, other people because you, you say you want to, like being a psychologist is helping other people and... Um, so I wonder, how do you do you manage to find a balance in um, taking care of yourself and taking care of other people? That's actually a good question. I I think I recently um, realized that I I do take care of other people more than myself. Um, I think in the last two years, I, I've I've been going through burnout, so. Um, what I did realize with my doctor, he said that, yeah, you don't do anything for yourself. You need to start thinking about that. And I think that's my recent struggle was like, how, how do I take care of myself? You know, um, you know, what are the needs of a person? Cause I know I can go to gym, I can eat healthily and things like that. But apart from that, I think I just enjoy helping other people. Mm -hmm. It's, yeah, it's just it's just something I've been used to, but now I realize it. Do you like how do you help people? Like is there a way like I think there must be a way, like a healthy way to help people and uh, ways of helping that are a little bit toxic for yourself maybe. Do you yeah, I don't know. If Like, are you sometimes um, feeling like uh, you're helping too much or, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I, I think sometimes I, I pack my schedule a lot. So um, if let's say, you know, I have a full day of work or I have other commitments and someone messages me that they need help um, or they need someone to listen or just anything, right? I, I would actually consider just stopping what I'm doing and just listening. Um, that's, I don't know, that's the extent of how I would generously give my time if someone needs my help. Um, I think it's just that 
growing up, no one sort of, I, I don't see many people supporting others. Like I think I just grew up in that environment. Um, so I've just sort of taken that role of stepping in and listening to someone if they needed it. Um, I've, I've lost people to, you know, loneliness and just people not understanding someone else and just like stigmatizing them. Um, it could be, you know, because they have a certain mental illness or um, they can't do a certain thing. And I do empathize with that. I think that's um, like everyone has their own journey and they deserve to be listened to basically. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so it's not a related question, but um, do you have uh, faith or believe in, in something? Maybe a religion or? No, I'm not religious. Um, if you're asking about like the my wider frame mm -hmm. of perspective or like how do I see the world, I, I just think we're just very lucky that we're here on earth just by chance. Like I know that might sound silly, but I think... That's just my way of optimistically seeing the world. Um, but I used to be religious a long time ago. I was Christian. Mm. And you, you, you stopped. Like, uh, why did you, why did you change? It's. I think Christians will understand this. Um, it's just like you go through this constant battle of figuring out okay is there a god and i will i will put my faith into it like because of good things that happened to me but i think over time if god doesn't answer you and you constantly pray and you know things just go the way that you don't think it should hmm. um Yeah, it, you just you just tend to lose faith. And if you want to like debate it philosophically, like if God is good, why is there evil and things like that? I just think over time I've just lost my faith um, in myself and also just in terms of like reasoning. Um, did you choose to like? Did you become Christian because you choose it, or because of? Um like social um, acceptation and, you know, because your parents were Christians, so you have a Christian education and this kind of stuff. Yeah, I think it was because of my dad. I, he he was never religious. Um, so most of his life until 45, he was very much an atheist and he would also say negative things to other people's face about religion. And then one day he just, um, he went through a lot of things and went to severe depression and someone brought him to church. And the fact that he changed so much, it made me want to believe in it. But it's also the expectation that, oh yes, I'm your daughter, I have to do this. So I think I just followed his word for a while. Hmm. And you did you like it when um, so you were younger, I guess. 
I think church gives you a community. There's not many places in society right now where you can gather and people are very supportive to you. Um, they're willing to listen to your struggles and that sort of thing. So it was good at the time, but I also think there's a there's also the other side of it where you're just expected to be a perfect person um, all the time. And if you ever do bad things, you've sinned and you're not a great person. So there was that aspect as well. All right. Um, what do you think about politics? Just in general? Yeah. Um, do you vote? And do you identify to something? I do vote because I have to. Um, I do follow politics. So, but I don't, I'm not very, um, like a big believer to one party or another, I think. I'm more of a cen centralist. Okay. Um, what do you think about the um, politics in your country? It's chaotic. I think anyone who's Australian would notice it just doesn't feel like there are two sides anymore. Because recently, all the states in our country is now under labor. Um, so in Australia, we have labor and liberal, the two major parties. And I think regardless of which party, it feels a bit corrupted. Like everyone's just sort of doing things, um, sort of making policies, but just for the short term and only in favor of the big banks or the big corporates. And I think it's just not going the right direction. So if you get me to talk about politics, it gets pretty negative. And I think it, it, the same sentiment is with a lot of Australians. We're just not very happy with um, our country. There's mm. no innovation here this our education is declining um yeah basically the future looks not very good but i, I do engage in it because i do care mm. do you um, get to talk about climate change like can you like can you see people worried about it and doing something about it or is it uh, something that is more like denied denied I think I think people do speak out about our current system. We complain about it. Even on Reddit, people complain about it. It's it seems to get a lot of votes if you do talk about this. But at the end of the day, we're we're a country of complacency. That's just Australia's nature. I think a lot of our systems they're not perfect because we're we don't It's like we don't work too hard because our priorities are, you know, just enjoy life. That's the Australian way, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I think that people do want things to change, but it's like, who's going to do it and who wants to do it? That's the question. What is the most important thing in life to you? The most important thing? Um... I think for me, it's really 
my partner and my family. It's not a very unique answer, I know, but I think over the years, it used to be, you know, trying to show that of, of my potential, trying to realize it, trying to be the strongest, the smartest, that sort of thing. But I think all those things don't matter. Um, at the end of the day, it's really who's the closest to you and who do you care most about? I think that's what's important. Um, how long have you been um, with your, I mean, not specifically your partner, but um, have you always been surrounded and like how changed uh, your relationships over time? How have my relationships changed over time? Yeah. So my my first partner, um, I started dating very young. So I, I was 14 um, when I had my first boyfriend. But that lasted about six months. And it wasn't a good relationship. I think he was much older than me. And I think... Now that I look back, I think I wasn't treated really well. Um, but shortly after that, I met someone else. And actually, I had a 10-year relationship with him. Um, it was quite fulfilling. I think I grew up with him. We did so many things together. And we shared the same worldview. We, you know, we did hobbies together, like photography or drawing or art he's very artistic but I think after that um I realized I wanted to pursue another direction and I wanted to question things so that really driven me towards you know the sciences or um I think people call it STEM nowadays but I feel like he didn't have that same curiosity as myself so Over time, we sort of drifted. Um, and it took me about four years to work up the courage to say that I think we're not meant to be together anymore. Um, so that was really hard. And when it did happen, um, I spent a year alone. And then I met my current partner. And now we're together for four years now. I think that was what you were asking. <laughs> um, yeah, kind of. Um, I'm curious. Um, what is motivating you in uh, in your darkest hour, like when when it, when it's hard to keep going? How do you get motivation? Yeah, that that's a good question. Um, I think for me, it's it's like if I feel really down and I think I want to give up everything, I always come back to the thought, but who is relying on me? So I can't really give up. Like for example, my my sister, I don't think, um, let's say if I'm gone, she would have a good life at all, or my partner or my friends or that sort of thing. So. I think it's that idea of 
I am actually a stronghold for a lot of people and I think I need to keep going regardless. Um, I know that's a weird concept for a lot of people, but for me, that's just how I keep strength. If I was to, if I was just alone and I did things just for myself, I don't think I would have the same drive as, you know, having someone to that relies on you. But do you really find fulfillment on mm, helping? Like, I can relate to, to this, and um, I found there was a problem in um, living for other people. What was that problem? I think at some point you need to live for yourself. Like you need to find your own, own things. Yeah, I see. Um, how did you realize that? Because I was not, um, it wasn't, yeah, it was frustrating. I was not uh, so happy and not fulfilled. Do, do, can, can you do you feel this sometimes? I kind of get what you mean. Um, I I think it comes at a balance. Yeah, of course you need to do things for yourself, and um, I'm still I'm still discovering this. Um, it's taken me two years to properly realize that I need to pursue my curiosities and that sort of thing not just cater to other people. So I think if you have, you know, like, like for example, one of my curiosities is actually to survive in the wild by myself. Um, I do do things around that, like learning how to, you know, bushcraft or um, finding food, like, you know, carving your own weapons like that's the sort of thing I'm really interested in and um no one around me <laughs> gives a shit about that right <laughs> so yeah that's my own curiosity and I am fulfilling my needs but apart from that just the day-to-day -day, um I I operate on survival mode um on foremost of my life and I think the thing that keeps me going is um other people Mm -hmm. But I guess if I got out of survival mode, that might look very different. So it's not that I've found fulfillment. It's more like I have drive because of this. What change would you like to make in the world, if there is any? I think... I don't know. I, I, I talk about this with my partner all the time. I feel like a lot of our friends' problems or my family's problems, they come from too much modernization. So what I mean by that is, for example, dating. Um, I feel like we've tried to streamline and make efficient the dating process, like with dating apps and that sort of thing. And Right now, it's done the opposite. It's created a reliance on 
the abs rather than you actually finding your perfect partner or a connection because people don't seem to connect well anymore. So I guess I feel like I would like to change the outcomes that technology has created. Um, which is really funny because I actually work in tech and I'm a product manager. So a lot of my job is thinking of how to, um, in the business sense, improve these experiences through technology. But I feel like we don't do that because in the corporation, you're not incentivized to do that. But I feel like outside of that, um, I would like to help people connect more or you know find find comfort in themselves or their confidence so yeah i guess that's your that's your answer there who, who would you make who do who would you do it help people so i'm starting mm -hmm. yeah i'm starting small right now so um so i have a i have a discord server just focused on this topic um So right now we have this program called Core Buddies and basically I pair people with similar interests, um, similar struggles, similar topics they would like to talk about and hopefully age and region as well so that they can meet each other. But so far I found that by, you know, just forcing people together um, on a weekly basis, it seems like people do start to open up and they feel less lonely. So I think for me, that's a start. And I know there's a lot of things to improve still. Um, it's still sort of like in beta mode. But so far, I've, I think we've, we've gotten to a good progression where a couple of people are keeping in touch. Um, they're sharing their troubles or they're exploring different topics together. Like, for example, from Healthy Gamer or um, their own material. So. Yeah, just starting small and see how that goes. That's that's very nice. Um, to you, what would be the the best human quality? The best human quality. Mm -hmm. I think the best quality of a human is actually curiosity um i think like if you're curious you tend to be a lot of other things as well for example if you're curious about someone else you tend to build empathy or build compassion or you know building a world where you, where you want to understand more of you know what that person likes or what are they thinking what why do they think a certain way and I feel like with that you can do so many things um, it just creates the best base point to be a person um, what would be your most beautiful memory my most beautiful memory <laughs> um I hope it's okay to say, but <laughs> I don't know. I think my my best memory is so 
my my parents got divorced um when I was high school and I think the last time they um hugged each other mm-hmm. was when I was four years old. So that was that was my favorite memory for some reason. I just felt happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There yeah, there's nothing else to it. I think it's just having happy parents is such a gift. Um yeah, yeah I haven't felt that ever since then. So what would be your your greatest success in your life? Oh. I don't know. I think at this point in time after all these questions um you find that I don't see success the same as others. Mm-hmm. I feel like my best success is actually finding um my perfect partner. I don't think I would have a very nice life without him. Um, we just have a good relationship. We talk about everything and he's basically my support for a lot of things. And I know it's very hard to find that person for you, but I think we've just gotten to a great um, point in the relationship. Like there was just so many struggles or so many experiences. And I think, yeah, I think that that's my success for me. Yeah, I can, I can see it's a, it's a great success. I I mean, really, really, it's often not, I mean, that's not what you would think about a success, but uh, it really is. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Do you have... Uh, oh, what would be your best regret? Your <laughs> your biggest regret? Yeah. My biggest regret. So I might share something I feel a bit vulnerable about. Um, so when I was in university, I I basically joined the pyramid scheme, and being the science student I was, I didn't give a shit about business or anything like that. But at the time, I was just so strapped with money. Um, then someone reached out to me someday. Like, I didn't even know this person. Um, and then I told them my problems in life at that time. Like, my family was strapped for cash and I have this disabled sister and that sort of thing. Then she told me, hey, would you like, to come to our business seminar. It might be the opportunity for you to help your sister. And so I stupidly just signed on um, without thinking much about it. I was just so desperate at the time. But that, that was my biggest regret because it really derailed the rest of my life. Like, I think I failed subjects in uni. It delayed my graduation date. Um, it made me a very selfish person, I think, because if if you're sort of like that entrepreneur mindset, there's a fine line between being very self-centered and also wanting to help other people. And I think most people who are like that tend to be more self-centered. So I, I think I was like that. And I, I, I regret doing that um doing that mm-hmm. cult basically yeah 
Mm. How do you imagine the future in twenty uh, or thirty years? How do I imagine myself? Or oh, mm, the world, rather the world, or like oh, the world, like the lifestyle, and yeah, what what might change? I think we're gonna need to get used to wearing shorts a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I want to be optimistic, but I feel like I feel like the future is where a lot of us is gonna be tested. Um, it sounds weird, but that that's probably why I like survival stuff because I think we need to start thinking about. How do we rely on ourselves and not all these resources from different corporations? For example, like you rely on your energy company or you rely on your, um, you know, your, your water billing companies or entertainment companies, that sort of thing. We've just become this society where we're relying on the largest structure, but we don't know any skills to sustain ourselves. Like, I don't know any people who knows how to garden or make their own food or, or even cook for a fact. So in 20, 30 years, I feel like we're going to start learning all those things. Very sounds bleak, but I think, yeah, it's my perspective. Mm -hmm. I think it's very interesting. <clears throat> um, what are you grateful for? I know it, this is really simple, but I, I'm just grateful for having a functioning body. I think if you start to have health problems, you realize how, like, like how lucky you are. Um, I think I've met so many people through Discord where um, they don't. They can't do a certain thing and they can't work anymore um, because of their certain syndromes or mental health issues and it just makes me really sad. So I think I'm just grateful for being able to talk and hear and doing everything basically. Mm -hmm. what, what do you think about the younger generation? They're a complex bunch. Um, <laughs> it's just implying that I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think I think they have different struggles. Like people always um, make fun of Gen Z and whatever they do and what they're interested in. But I think they just grew up in a very strange era. Um, just a lot of things in the world going wrong so I don't I don't blame them for how they perceive things or how they are mm. so you're so you're optimistic or I don't know um I'm optimistic and also I, I know that there are problems. I think every generation before us has said that our, like, the generation after is problematic. But we always forget, like, 
there are also people who are brilliant in every generation. There's going to be people who will be the next change makers or that sort of thing. They just don't get any time in the news or social media. So I think generally, yeah, maybe I am optimistic. What um, what would be the difference between the older generation and the younger generation to you? So I'm I'm a millennial, right? So the older generation is my the boomers and the Gen Xs. I think they like the boomers grew up in like after the war where everything is improving. So of course they're going to have the mindset they have where if any struggles that the younger people have, it's just diminished. Um, whereas the younger generation is sort of growing up in a time where, you know, everything's sort of done. So every, like every innovation seems done. Like what basic needs are left for us to solve, right? Every other new service or new business is just something we don't really need. Like, I, I don't need another dating app or I don't need another um, streaming service, for example. But so many people are out there creating the next Uber or something like that. So they're just born in a time of like surplus. Um, mm. And where do you go from there, right? So they're, I think, just, they're just confused. Um, but I think confusion is normal and that's where we sort of improve from. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think it's just different. Yeah. So do, do you have an opinion about the older generation? The older? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think they have their own mindset. Um, I mean, they grew up without devices, no phones, no laptops, this sort of thing. They don't have parasocial relationships. Like when they do talk to other people, it does feel genuine. Um, I think that's a plus for the boomers. That's something I kind of miss for my generation or the younger ones. But apart from that, I feel like they also... Don't think about other people as much. <laughs> it might be an Australian thing, actually. Um, yeah, like the future generations, like, go solve your own issues, basically. And they're just sort of holding a lot of things to themselves. Mm -hmm. what, kind of, what kind of people do you like the least? I don't think my answer is unique. I mean, the people I like the least are basically very close-minded people that can't seem to understand another perspective. Um, I mean, it could be that way for lots of reasons, but I, I, just, I just can't have a conversation with someone who doesn't ask questions and always sticks to the same opinion basically. Mm -hmm. um, what um, kind of art influenced you the, the most? 
Like, is it so I think I heard yeah. art uh, instance? No, art, like um, books, movie, music, um, series. What kind of uh, media or art uh, influenced you? Is there, um, or rather, how do you find inspiration or what is inspiring you? I think inspiration comes from everywhere. Um, I mean, I have, I have favorites of each medium, like books or galleries or a song even. So, I don't know, it just depends. But I think in recent years, I've found inspiration from video games a lot. Um, mm, which one? I know a lot of video games. Uh, so, for example... I think Yakuza left a big impact on me. And people always think it's weird I answer with that. Because in all the videos online, it's like comedic. Um, you know, if they punch someone, suddenly the light, the light post just blows up. But, but I think it's more than that. I, I actually really enjoy story-driven games. Um, it sort of teaches you another perspective of life. Um, by using like bigger themes, for example, like, you know, uh, corporate corruption or it could be like how Big Pharma controls a lot of our medical systems for healing and that sort of thing. And But it does it in such a personable way. It takes like a character where it's basically the degenerate of society, right? But you relate to them so much because of all their struggles and who they meet and also... Sometimes, you know, things are outside of your control. And this, that has nothing to do with you. Um, I don't know. I tend to come back to personable stories for inspiration. And less of like, more, I don't know. How do you say? Like more set in stone facts, things like that. Like, um you know, like how do black holes work, that sort of thing. I think it always comes back to like, yeah, a story. Mm, is there a, a valuable um, life lesson that you, you want to share? Like um, an anecdote, an experience? Or, yeah, just a life lesson? I think... I'll share my recent one that I've, I've mm. just realized is basically don't work so hard that your body deteriorates because after that, life does not matter anymore. Um, like it, it doesn't really matter if you become CEO by 25 or um, you achieve, I don't know, like $5 million by 30 or something like just don't break your body on the process. I think it's so important. Mm, what do you think could be improved in uh, education right now? See, that depends where you're from. <laughs> yeah, for you, you. just Australia? for you. Yeah, just for you, yeah, Australia. Australia. Um, so actually, I used to work in education technology, um, and my P 
particular sector was uh, English literacy. In Australia, I feel like people don't put much of an emphasis on teaching your kids how to read and why that's important. Because if you don't teach your kids proper reading skills, and in Australia, by the way, it's um, the average year nine student is still reading at a year three or four level and more likely if you're a boy. So there's something we're doing completely wrong. And I think it's because there's not much emphasis on education. So if you don't teach proper English literacy, basically every other subject you do is going to be a struggle because you need language to even understand math or science or basically anything else. So I think that's the one thing we need to fix is just the attitude in Australia. Um, apart from that, I think, you know, once you have the motivation to change our education system, I think everything else just falls in place. But um, what we're struggling with is just complacency. I think you mentioned it, but um, do you want to have kids? Yeah, I would like to someday. I hope I can. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think about uh, Australia? Um, you know, Australia's a nice country. Um, I think we do really well at protecting our environment, our animals. Um, some might debate me on that, but if you compare it to every other country, you know, we have a lot of conservation um, programs for like animals. I mean, there's so much emphasis on that. We protect our parks really well. I think that's, that's a great thing Australia has and does. Um, apart from that, it's really the work-life culture here. Like most people are quite laid back. Let's say if you're sick one day, no one's going to expect you to be working. You just go take your sick leave, go live your life. Um, when I had my first job, I, I just told my manager, just like a passing comment, like, oh, I'm just coughing today. Um, so you might not be able to hear me well because we're on Zoom. And she just told me to go home. <laughs> and I said, but I can work. There's no reason for me to go home. But yeah, she just called my um, her boss, just said that, okay, she can't work today. She's going home. Um, no one contact her. So yeah, I think, I think it's the good thing about Australia. They do understand that you know, people have lives outside of work. It's not just about working. Mm, sounds so good. So it's, yeah. <laughs> it's not um, very capitalistic and productivist. I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I have a few French colleagues actually and they, they all say the same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um we are um, uh reaching an end. So um, is there any topics uh, you want to talk about or you anything you want to say? No, not really. Um Apart from that, this is an interesting project. I hope more people 
view your podcast and get into it. <laughs> it's actually good to talk. So thanks for having me. Sure. My pleasure. Um, so there is two last questions. Um, first one is, um, do you have a book uh, to recommend or a movie or a game <laughs> or uh, I don't know, something to recommend? Could be multiple things. And uh, yeah, go ahead. Sure, I maybe I can recommend a book. So I've been reading Stories of Your Life and Others by Ted Chiang. Um, it's been really good so far. So it's basically, it basically takes the concept of what happens if fiction was real um, or different. Like sci uh, science fiction, sorry. So I'm currently reading one about, you know, what if everyone knew God and angels and hell was real and heaven. Um, how do we value life differently and how do we perceive miracles basically and shortcomings? So I recommend it. It, it. it does challenge you on how you perceive your life as well. So that's one thing I recommend. Mm. Did it, so it's, did it influence you? A lot, I guess so. I think it made me um, understand people differently. Um, it made me understand that how perhaps like um, people that were close to me that were Christian perceived their own miracles. Um, like miracles are always debatable in our world, but what happens if it's just, it just happens? Like, and we know it's from God. What? How do you perceive those? And if, let's say, an angel came to earth and accidentally killed your wife, do you see that as a miracle or do you see that as a shortcoming? I think it challenged me in seeing how other people might perceive that, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else? Um, another book? Oh. There's lots of stories. Um, I'm halfway, so yeah, I, <laughs> I can't tell you too much about it. All right. So last question. Uh, if you would have an advice or a message in a bottle uh, for the next generation to come, what would it be? What it would be? Um, think bigger than yourself. There's so much more to the world than the immediate issues in front of you. I'll just keep it there. All right. Perfect. Thank you, Estelle. Great. Thank you. <laughs>